Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about doctrine. How essential is doctrine? Is it important? We reference 2 John 9. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Well, we're told that it's an easy believism. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart to say the sinner's prayer, and you're saved eternally. It's uh, no way you're going to lose your salvation because it's a doctrine of once saved, always saved. Is it the truth, though? Well, we have believed that it's an easy believism and no cross anymore, a crossless Christianity. Not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Fellowship of his sufferings, to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. That's the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Though it requires a continuing in the word of God. For if you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It's through the word of God called sanctification. Well, sanctification is a process. It's not automatic righteousness. You have to be obedient unto righteousness. And that's in Romans 6. What about this doctrine of Christ? That you're established in this doctrine of Christ and abide in it, growing up in him, into him, in all things. That's all truth. Take a look as we see in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's a theranuptus, the God-breathed word of God. Though the Holy Writ, the Bible that we have in the written word of God, in that authorized version, is the Holy Writ of God and has, and has God watched over his word to give us really a Holy Writ, a Holy Written Word of God. And the answer is yes. There's been many that's tried to continually overthrow the word, burn up the Bibles. Hitler was one of them, but it was unsuccessful. Even the Beatles said that they were more popular than Jesus Christ. And many took their albums and burned them because they were sacrilegious and disesteemed Jesus Christ. Blasphemous. Well, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. There's the doctrine. Somebody said, well, what is doctrine? Doctrine is instruction. Being instructed in the things of God. The doctrine there is essential to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And to be a disciple of Jesus is to be disciplined in the word of God. And that is through obedience, not just a hear of the word, but a do of the word. Now, there's over 3,000 promises in the word of God. And each of these promises have to be obeyed. They are promises, yes. But each one carries uh, a reward with it, but it has and requires obedience. These exceedingly great and precious promises are given to us that we might be made partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. You can't have the world and Jesus too. Jesus stated that. And it's through the doctrine and obedience 
that we attain to righteousness. Now, grace, we're saved by grace through faith. Well, grace is alone. It just stands by itself. It's unmeasured favor of God. And faith plus nothing equals salvation. That's a lie. You see in Romans 5, grace reigns through righteousness. Righteousness is not just being right. Righteousness is Christ in obedience to his word and doing Christ in you the hope of glory. Through obedience, we obtain the entrance into the kingdom of God, for which we also suffer. Suffering is required. We see that in 2 Thessalonians 2. Paul wrote this letter the second time to the church at Thessalonica. And he had told them before that Jesus was going to come the second time without sin and salvation. And he stated, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. Well, then they immediately thought the imminent return of Jesus was right then, any moment Jesus could come. And they state that Paul stated Jesus could come any second. Well, that's not what Paul stated. That's what the denominational world tells us, but that's not the truth of the word of God. Paul wrote a second letter to the church at Thessalonica and said, let's put things in order. He said, your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. We're bound to thank God for you, brethren, and all your persecutions and tribulation that you endure. There's that sufferings again. That is sanctification through the Holy Ghost and that with fire to burn up the dross where we can be cleansed silver to the Lord. And if we're not cleansed totally in this sanctification process, men will call us reprobate silver. Why do we have to have the sufferings? Well, it states that. That through these tribulations and persecutions that we endure, is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which we also suffer. Suffering is required. And that is through trials and tribulations. So we cannot all enjoy when we fall into diverse temptations. Why would we count that a joy? Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold, for the glory of God. And we have what is uh, in the worldly church a false doctrine of Christ that you can have the world and love the world and love Jesus too. That you can serve God and mammon. But Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon for you will either love the one and despise the other or hold of the one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. He states that, that, that truth, we have to be obedient unto righteousness. Now, notice that grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness 
there it has to have obedience. Sin reigned by death. Now grace reigns through righteousness. And in Romans 6, it tells us obedience is required. Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, that's a person that has the Holy Ghost, but does not obey it. It's a carnally-minded Christian. To be carnally-minded is death. Even though you have life in you, through, though you do not obey it, the leading of the Holy Ghost is called iniquity. And iniquity abound in the last days, and because it does, the love of many will wax cold. This obedience is required for as we yield our members of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You'll read that in Romans 6. So the Holy Ghost leads us and guides us into all truth, whose span is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor with fire. We find uh, that many say that doctrine is not important. You don't have to abide in the doctrine of Christ. And that doctrine of Christ has different levels of glory. Notice in Hebrews 6, Paul states, leaving therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying on of hands, and of baptisms. All this is doctrine, instruction in Christ, and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Let us go on to perfection. That requires obedience. The doctrine of Christ is essential for obedience under righteousness. We see that in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, prof- profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, which the doctrine is instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Well, instruction in righteousness, which requires obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Well, we find that that doctrine is essential. It's critical for us to grow up into Christ in all things. Now, the doctrine of Christ is every function of the Spirit is Christ. We have the basic principle and that revelation of Jesus Christ when he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Matthew 16. Well, some say you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But who do you say I am? That's the question. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. All this doctrine is the doctrine of Christ. Second John 9, If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, 
he hath not God, regardless of what any preacher or pastor said, or bishop, or apostle, or prophet, or anyone else. The Word of God stands true. And we have to have that revelation of Christ, and it was given to Peter in Matthew 16. Who do men say that I am? I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're just a regular prophet. But then Jesus asked the question to his disciples, Who do you say I am? That I am that I am. Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, he states there that Christ in that office is the Son of God, the Son of the living God. That's the office of the Spirit and redemption. That's the blood office, the redemption office. That is how we're justified. In that office of the Son of God, that's the only blood office of God. Jesus, it's the only blood name of God. It's the only revealed name of God, given that name given under heaven, whereby men must be saved, Acts 4.12. It's Jesus. That name invokes the blood. And that's the reason the book of Acts, it says, no more preach or teach in this man's name, for when you do, you intend to bring his blood upon us. And that blood's in the New Testament given for you. And that's the blood of the covenant. Well, it requires us in a sanctification process to grow up into him in all things and be established in the doctrine of what? The doctrine of Christ. It's the gospel of Christ. It's the gospel of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to know these things. We have to be established in these things, in the doctrine of Christ. Well, we know Peter states that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, we know the Son of the living God is Christ. There's the office, the redemption office of the Spirit of God. But Peter goes on. Jesus tells him, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven has to be revealed by God himself. Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, Peter goes on in his epistle about this doctrine of Christ. And he states that all the Old Testament prophets, they all prophesied of the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them Notice that Christ is that spirit. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Peter's stating there that it's not just the office of the Son of God, that Christ is the spirit. There's many offices of the spirit. There's the Father. The Father is the administrative office of the spirit. Well, then there's the Word. The Word is the expression office of that same Spirit, the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. 
then there is the Holy Ghost. That's a power office of the same spirit. Who is that? That's Christ. Christ is that spirit. Christ is every office of the spirit. Not only just the son of the living God, but he is that spirit of God as well. The same spirit. Because the son of the living God is the father revealed. It's the spirit manifest. God manifest in the flesh. That's the doctrine of Christ. He's also the Father. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the Holy Ghost in you. The Spirit of God within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a mystery of godliness. That Christ is every office of the Spirit. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Christ is the Lord, and the Lord is that Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Christ is Elohim, God. Christ is Jehovah and every attribute of Jehovah. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Tendishkinu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. And on and on in all the Jehovah titles. That's Christ. Christ is all and in all. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. So Christ is not an office. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. Every function of that Spirit, Christ is that Spirit. And that now is in us, the body of Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's the mystery of godliness. And that is the doctrine of Christ and everything that has to do with Christ. In the volume of the book, it's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me, Jesus said, from Genesis to Revelation. And he gives commandments. Those that love God, keep his commandments, statutes, judgments. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. We see that each commandment has to be obeyed. Hebrews 4 tells us that. Paul stating, said, Take heed lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest, the eternal Shabbat, the eternal Sabbath, that eternal rest. He goes on and says, There remaineth the rest to the people of God. We haven't entered into it yet. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Jesus said the time is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those that hear shall live. And he says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, the first thing we have to be attentive to the noise of his voice. Job tells us that in Job 37. Attentive to the voice, attentive to the noise of the voice. The noise of the voice is the thunder. The lightning is the effulgence in the revelation. The noise is not only hearing, but doing in obedience. And we have to be attentive to that noise, to hear 
to understand and obey. Attentive to the noise of the voice of God. And in Proverbs, we have, uh, with all you're getting, get wisdom. With me is understanding. That's providence. All the things that God is, we have to take on those uh, attributes in the divine nature of God. And it's only through these great and precious promises given to us in obedience. And in this obedience unto righteousness, which we are required to obey. And those that love God keep his commandments, which are not grievous. What does doctrine have to do with it? Everything. It's instruction in Christ. The only way to be established in the doctrine of Christ and to abide in that doctrine is not just in the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. We must go on unto perfection. And that's not what being taught. Christ is not being taught in obedience to all the word of God. Not just one verse, Charlie's. One verse and we say, that's it. And you're saying, no, it's not. We are required to be obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness, growing up in Jesus, in him, in all things, in all truth, in all things of faith. The Holy Ghost leads us and guides us there. And we have to grow up into him and all these things. And anyone that doesn't, he says, take heed lest a singular promise can slip any of us. And we seem to come short of entering into his rest. And there remaineth that rest of the people of God unto perfection. And God gives us a fivefold ministry to do that. He gives some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Until we, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, speaking the same thing, one mind and one accord. That's only through the Holy Ghost, through the measure of the statute of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. And that's the knowledge of the Son of God, not just in knowing him after the spirit, not after the flesh, but a perfect mirror image of Jesus. It's epigonosco. Gnosko is a knowledge of him in the spirit having the Holy Ghost Christ in you, but growing up in him in all things, that is the knowledge of the Son of God in epigenosco, in a perfect mirror image of Jesus. And that's the only bride he's coming back for, the church that has made herself ready and a perfect image of Jesus, a glorious church without spot or without blemish. Nothing else is going what is what is the importance of the doctrine of Christ? Well, for instruction in righteousness, without which no man shall see the Lord, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness. Growing up in him in all things. We see there also in Titus 2, verse 1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That we have to obey the doctrine of Christ. We're seeing there in Hebrews, when we look at Paul's writing in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he warns us 
verse 9, Hebrews 13, be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. How does the devil attack? With a false doctrine. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Well, that is unmerited favor of God, yes, but grace reigns through righteousness, which is the word of God in instruction and righteousness, which is by sound doctrine. And not with meats, which have not profited them, which have been occupied therein. Well, we find the doctrine of Christ is essential for salvation. We see there in 1 John 4, 1 that there are many false prophets that's entered into the world. And you have to be established in the doctrine of Christ to have your senses exercised, thereby to discern both good from evil. Not babies. They are unskillful in the word of righteousness. When you ought to be teachers, he said you have need to be that of milk and not of strong meat. Hebrews 5 tells us that. There we must grow up into him in all things, in all truth, so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And in the last days, there'll be many seducing spirits and doctrines of devils saying, well, you don't have to obey God. It doesn't make any difference what you believe, whether you're pre-trib, pre-trib rapture, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, doesn't make any difference. Oh, but yes, it does. How you are establishing the doctrine of Christ and hitting that mark and every promise of God. So a promise will not slip any of us of entering into that rest. We must hit that mark. When we see that John states there in his epistle, in 1 John 4, hereby try you the spirits whether they are of God. You've got to try them. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, there's that doctrine of Christ, that's instruction in righteousness in all things that are in Christ, the gospel of Christ, and knowing these things and continuing in the word, then you'll be my disciple and you'll know the truth and truth will make you free. If you continue in my word, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, blood flow through fellowship in the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's predicated upon obedience to the truth. It's called sanctification. Sanctify yourself both holy, that is holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, both spirit, soul, and body, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord. So somebody tells you, oh, it doesn't make any difference what you believe in doctrine. Don't let that be a division. Just believe in Jesus and everything's okay. That's like saying, oh, let's all ride in a car, but don't get in the automobile. What? The doctrine is Christ. Christ is that doctrine. If you're going to learn and be obedient to Christ, then you have to be instructed in Christ and established in the doctrine of Christ. That is what is told to us. That, that's the great deception in the last days in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. Let no man deceive you by any means. Well, what is that? It is that you fully understand and comprehend this mystery of God 
and of the Father and of Christ. In him are hid all treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. We have to search this thing out. We have to eat of the hidden manna. We have to have that white stone given to us, wherein is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. That's a body of Christ that overcomes. That's to Pergamos in Revelation, the second chapter. They have to come unto perfection. And the works that accompany salvation is required in each. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, all seven churches. Jesus starts out, I know thy works. Sardis, I haven't found them perfect. Ephesus, repent and do your first works over. This requires obedience under righteousness, without which no man's going to see the Lord. It's just that simple. Well, how do you try the spirits? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. There's that doctrine of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We know that Christ is every office of the spirit. It's told us again in 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is anti-Christ, against Christ. For he has denied both the Father and the Son. Well, how can he deny both the Father and the Son? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. One of the same spirit, not a different spirit. And it's required, the doctrine of Christ, to be born again. You see that in 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, every office of the Spirit of God, then he is born of God. When we see in 1 John 4 how you overcome and how you discern the spirits to see whether they are of God or not, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, that self-existent, eternal Spirit of God, Christ the Holy Ghost, is come in the flesh, not has come, is come in the flesh, is of God. We are now the flesh of Jesus. We are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. We are the body of the Christ. And he is still coming in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is a present imperfect tense. Not has come, is come, and is still coming in the flesh. And will until the mystery of God is finished. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is a spirit of Antichrist, which is already in the world. That's exactly what John said in 1 John 2 22. Who's a liar, but he the night that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. Well, he is Antichrist. There's your Antichrist. It's something in lieu of Christ. It's a false doctrine. A false doctrine saying that they are true, that they are in the name of Jesus, but are deceiving the body of Christ because they do not know the doctrine of Christ. They're not established in, in Christ, in the doctrine of Christ, instruction in Christ. Does it make a difference if you believe and a pre-trib rapture or a post-trib rapture? Yes, it makes a difference. We, in the body of Christ, must know what is given to us in the times and the seasons. 
because the Antichrist will think to change times and seasons. We find that, that all the body of Christ, he says in Amos 9, verse 9, that God will command and set the house of Israel through the nations. Sift the house of Israel and through the nations, the sifter of God, to sift the chaff from the wheat is not only the nation of Israel, but the church as well, the spiritual Israel, that true Jew, which is not outward circumcision, uh, outward in the flesh, but that circumcision in the heart and the spirit, whose praise is not of God, but of, not of man, but of God. Well, who is that? The true church of the living God. And he says, I'm going to sift all the house of Israel, not the least grain will fall to the ground. I'm not going to lose anyone that's in Christ that's followed on and grown up in him and all things and all truth. You add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, which is the bond of perfect, perfectness. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Now there's no chance of you falling from the grace of God if these things are in you and abide in you. You abide in that doctrine of Christ, growing up into him and all doctrine in all these scriptures, not one promise slipping you. Then you are confirmed, sealed there until the day of redemption with the Holy Spirit of God until you receive the promised possession. But notice, in Amos 9, verse 10, he states a truth. But God said, I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil, no tribul no tribulation, no persecution, shall prevent nor overtake us. We're not going to have any trouble. Well, inadvertently, the body of Christ, the ones that think they have all in their in their lap, but not enough oil. They haven't grown and established in the doctrine of Christ in the height, depth, length, and width of it will seem to come short. There's 10 virgins, five wise, five foolish. The five wise have the oil of truth in their lamp. The Holy Ghost is the fire that lights it. You have to have that true all in the lamp, in knowing these things that's given to us. And faith is the substance of things, so for the evidence of things not seen. And these things are the revelation of Jesus Christ to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, sent and signified it by his angel unto John. That's given to us, the servants of God, not national, the nation of Israel, national Israel, but to the body of Christ. But very few have an ear to hear. But God's moving and shaking his body right now, these nations, and he says that everyone that says no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. No tribulation. We're going to have a pre-trib rapture. We're not going through this time of trouble. Where in Revelation 13, that he will come against and prevail against the saints of God for 42 months of time, times they have three and a half years. And here is the faith and patience of the saints. You're not knowing that. You don't have patience. You don't have faith. Because we have to know these things. 
What's the faith and patience of the saints? He that leadeth into captivity will go into captivity. He that kills with a sword must die by the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. It must be known. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants, the body of Christ, things which must shortly come to pass. It said and signified it, sealed it by his angel unto John. And we must know these things, not just a hearer, blessed he that readeth, and keepeth the sayings of this book of this prophecy. And that means we have to grow up in him in all things. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, which is the faith of Jesus, which was once given to the saints, which will be given to us in all truth in the revelation of Jesus. Without it, we won't have the patience. We will not have the faith to stand, and we certainly will not be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7 of the servants of God in our forehead. Doctrine, he said, if you say in your heart, no tribulation or persecution, no overtake us, you're saying you're not going to have any tribulation or great tribulation at all. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 says we will. Somebody said, no, that's the nation Israel. No, it's not. It's the church. And it's prophetic. It was not fulfilled and with Titus, son of Vespasian in 70 AD. John wrote that book of the Revelation, 92 AD, on the Isle of Patmos for what? For the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's knowing those things uh, which must come to pass. He says that again in first in that uh, uh, Revelation 4, verse 1, to John. John said, there's a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. That's not the harpazo. That's not the rapture. It is a higher revelation in the word of God and says, come up hither and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. That's the word of God. That's the testimony of Jesus. That's the things of faith. That's being led and got into all truth. And the redeemed of the Lord keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. What is that? Revelation 12, they keep the commandments of God, which are the remnant of her seed. The church is bringing forth Jesus in her and have the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. We find that also in Revelation 14, 12. They're the redeemed of the Lord. They keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. That's the testimony of Jesus. That's being lifted up in the the heavenly realm of the two olive trees, the two olive branches of Zechariah 4, two olive trees of Revelation 11, which are the cherubim of glory, 1 Kings 6.23. That's a higher revelation than the Pentecost or Pentecostal revelation. It's in the ministry voice of Jesus in the Feast of Trumpets. That's where we are now. That those that are not established in that doctrine of Christ, they're in Babylon and don't know it. Mr. Babylon the Great says they're in that worshiping the Queen of Heaven. Somebody said, I dare you. Oh, yes. It says very, very simply in Revelation 18, Mr. Babylon says, I set a queen 
as the queen of heaven. That's Astar. That's Easter, Ishtar. That's the Egyptian Isis. That's the daughter of Tammuz. That's the queen of heaven, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. She says, I said a queen. I am no widow. And I will see no sorrow, no trouble, no tribulation. Well, what's her doctrine? Well, that doctrine, if we don't have the doctrine of Christ and know that we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him and know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, we will buy this doctrine of peace, which is mystery Babylon, which is worshiping the queen of heaven. Said, I said, a queen, I am no widow. I will see no sorrow, no tribulation, no birth pangs. And that is peace. It's a doctrine of peace. Jesus stated, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. A sword, yes, to send a man at variance. Father against the son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. A man's foes or enemies will be those of his own household. And what is it? how does the devil, the old antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, deceive the whole world? By peace he shall destroy many. The doctrine of Baal saying peace when there is no peace. Jeremiah 4 states, God, it is as if you have deceived this people, saying peace, and behold, the sword reaches unto the soul. And the ones that are light, treacherous, the prophets are light and treacherous. Treacherous, they have not gnawed the bone till the morrow. Sufficient till the morrow is the evil thereof. They have not, they're like the little foxes in the desert. Many prophets like that. They have, uh, they, they, they do not stand in the gap nor make up the hedge for the children of Israel, the children of thy people, to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They're preaching peace when there is no peace. That's a doctrine of Baal. We'll stay in the doctrine of Christ. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's Christ. And we have to be established in the doctrine of Christ. As you have so received Christ and are established in him, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There's none other. We must be led and guided into all truth to grow up into Jesus in all things, not just newborn baby desiring the sincere milk of the word, or we might grow thereby, being born of the water and the spirit. But then, little children, our sins are forgiven for his name's sake, but said, now you have known the Father. You've grown higher in Revelation. Then you go from little children to young men. I ran you young men because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. That's Revelation 2nd and 3rd chapter, overcomers. Not just to hear the word, but a doer. Then the final fathers. That's the beast. The four living creatures. The cherubim. They're the two witnesses. They're the two olive trees. They are the candlesticks. Don't let any man tell you that you can believe any old doctrine, regardless if it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, amillennial, pre-millennial, post-millennial. Makes no difference. Preterist, partial preterist. Makes no difference. Yes, it does. We have to know and hit the mark and know all these things uh, um, in Jesus Christ. 
let and got it into all truth. And without that, we're not sealed. In Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing of a servants of God in their forehead so we can stand in the evil day. Well, we must know. Somebody says, well, what, what is that doctrine? Well, the doctrine is that we're going through great tribulation. And through it, through it, many will be made white and purge their purge themselves and be made white through the great tribulation. Wash their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And we find the faith and the patience of the saints is that the Antichrist, the old son of perdition, the man of sin, opposed all that is God or that is worship, saying that said in the temple of God, growing himself that he is God. And Paul stated that. And he said that God himself will be the one that sends a strong delusion that they all might be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, how did you get righteousness? Through obedience. Obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6. So it requires us to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And as many as, many as be perfect, be thus minded. It's the mind of Christ. Those that do will be sealed in Revelation 7. The ones that don't and think, oh, well, this is all superfluous. It's not necessary. It's not essential. This is all out in left field, saving things that you don't need and laughing at it and mocking at it will be the ones that will be destroyed. Well, search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. God is doing it now and preparing his body for the coming of the Lord, sealing the servants of God in their forehead, the ones that receive the true revelation of Jesus. And that doctrine is imperative, essential, critical to being able to enter into the kingdom of heaven and to stand in that evil day through this time, times and a half, three and a half years of the great tribulation. There's a faith and a patience of the saints that we, that know the word of God that are sealed, will stand. The wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot understand these things. It's judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet. When God does his work, his strange work, and bring to pass this act, his strange act, it has surprised the hypocrite. Don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong. In other words, hardened heart. There you have uh, that doctrine. We're going through tribulation. We're going to be perfected to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Our captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering. He learned obedience to the things which he suffered. He's our example. First Peter 4.1. What is that mind? For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Not only call to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Those that love the truth, you'll know that you'll be the witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll have the testimony of Jesus and that are the overcomers and only those who are willing to be a mortar for Jesus, laying down their lives and sealing their testimony with their own blood will be the ones that are, have that, that crown of life given to them. Jesus stated, you're going to be, some of you, cast into prison for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. 
Somebody said, I don't want to hear that. Well, don't then. But you'll find that you will come up short. Your bed will be shorter than a man can stretch himself on it. There, right. Blessed be they that die in the Lord. And yea, henceforth and forever. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Precious in the sight of the Lord's of death of his saints. And we're going to see that come to fruition in the last of these last days. Let's abide in the doctrine of Christ. All truth, not partial, does make a difference. What you feel about pre-mitrial, post-tribulation, amillennial, post-millennial. What you know in the work of the ministry and hit that mark. And that's what we all are pressing toward that mark. For the prize of how calling we got in Christ Jesus. Well, those that there in the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Let's join up one. Let's take it to the world. If God's dealing with you, we'd like to, for you to contact us. Drop me an email, dennisandennisbeard.org. Or you can call me. The country code is plus one. My area code is 903-746-4885. Now, I'm getting hundreds of phone calls a day. Please leave a message and state you'd like to work. like to work with us and then prayerful support. And if, 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 if you can, if you're able to financially support it, and we will take it to the nation. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.